Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Disney legend Dean Jones passes away at the age of 84. Disney Springs announces an opening date for a highly anticipated new restaurant. And a little later on, Dustin and the team will have a new bracket segment. This week, it's about attractions that are so bad, they're good. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 850, for the week of September 8th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hello. Teresa Eccles. Greetings. Julie Martin. Hi. Back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West. Hello. Along with Rhino Clavin Hello. and our associate producer, Craig Williams. Hi. So, uh, great to be here. Hope you guys were all having a good week. A uh, couple things I want to talk about in housekeeping. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to just put a plug out for feedback. If you'd like to send an email or a voicemail into the team, all you need to do, go to disunplug.com slash contact and either fill out the form on there to send us an email or you can leave us a voicemail right from, right from your browser. No need to call a number or use your phone if you don't want to. And you can leave feedback for uh, this show. You can leave feedback for The Trip, which is every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com, or for the Universal Edition of The Dis Unplugged, which airs every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on disunplugged.com. Can I just say that if you write to the email account, we all get copied on it. Right. So you don't have to say, this is for so-and-so, this is for so-and-so. So if you want to contact any of us, write, write to that general email account. We all get on the distribution list. Well, unless it's an email for the Universal Show or the trip, then mention that's what it's for. Because that does, the voicemails get segmented out, the emails don't. So just, you know, Good all goes into one big, all goes into one big account. Too much account. technology. Um, now, speaking of our other shows, uh, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, airs live on Mixler.com, the audio version, Mixler.com, every Sunday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And uh, the shows go up onto iTunes on Monday and Tuesday. On this week's edition, Mary Jo takes a day six drive to the Aquarium of the Pacific. And Michael continues his celebration of Disneyland's 60th with part one of his chat with former cast member Ben Harris, who began working as a Disneyland railroad conductor in 1958. Wow. So some good Disneyland history there for you, uh, if you want to check that out. And as I mentioned, on Wednesday, the trip. Uh, I know it's a pre-recorded show because Jenny Lynn is on vacation for the next couple of weeks, but what are we talking about well, this week? I think week? we're doing a dining review this week, um, so, isn't it? No, I think we're actually talking about Bach Tower Gardens. Oh, I thought that was... Oh, it's only been... Okay, so it is Bach Tower. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Dining the next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> this okay. pre-recording threw me off. But cool. So we're yeah. doing Bach Towers. Oh, that was fun. Was that's fun. that's Wednesday, mm-hmm. 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, disunplugged.com. And on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, is the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged with Craig Rhino, 
uh, Jenny Lynn not this week uh, and Dustin. Yes. And so what is uh, what are you talking about this week, Craig? Uh, this week we have a little uh, news items to talk about, um, including uh, tonight I'll be attending a Halloween Horror Nights preview media event. So we'll have a little more information, hopefully, that comes from that. And then uh, we're going to do a tribute to the uh, freshly closed disaster, a major motion picture ride starring you. I believe uh, it, that that. That vi- you put a video up. Yes, today I did. is, is it yeah. live or is it? It is live. Okay. It's it's now official, officially live for everyone to watch. Rhino and I had to go and uh, do it repeatedly three times yesterday, <laughs> which <laughs> is <laughs> awful. But yeah, well, it was a nice send off for it. Her. Was so <laughs> yeah. Tip a hat to it. So tip that's uh, that's this Thursday, one p.m. Eastern. Disunplugged.com. It's also where you can find all the show notes for our shows, links to everything we talk about. And uh, you know all sort all the archives, everything, everything. Desunplug.com, everything. And that's what I have. Anybody else have anything for housekeeping? I don't. Okay. Nope. Then we're going to move on to the news. All right. Our first. I was waiting for the camera to be turned on me. Our first news story. <laughs> cut to me. Cut to me. <laughs> Disney legend Dean Jones. Dean Jones passes away at age 84. Dean Jones, Disney legend and star of 10 Disney films, has passed away in Los Angeles at the age of 84 due to complications from Parkinson's disease. Mm. Jones began his Disney film career playing an FBI agent in 1965's That Darn Cat. He later had a cameo in the 1997 remake of the film. Other well-known Disney films he had a part in include The Love Bug, The Million Dollar Duck, and The Shaggy D.A., before he signed on with Disney, he starred with Paul Newman in Somebody Up There Likes Me and Jailhouse Rock with Elvis Presley. His career also included roles on Broadway and television. Jones' film gross has exceeded $960 million for his lifetime. The actor was, included, was inducted into the Disney Legend Hall of Fame in 1995. Jones is survived by his wife of 42 years, Laurie Basham Jones, his children, and... Uh, Eight grandchildren and three great-grandchildren. I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember him. I don't oh, remember really? Him oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. Even uh, I do. Okay. Yeah. Love, Bug was, Love Bug was my first Disney movie in the theater that I saw. Oh. It was. I went with my sister and her boyfriend. I don't know why I was supposed to. And I remember sitting on her boyfriend's lap. I was little. And I fell in love with Dean Jones. I love Dean Jones. I don't, he was on Broadway also. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with the Stephen Sondheim Broadway show Company. He was the original star. He was, was he really? He was the original star of Company. He played Bobby. Wow. When it opened. Wow. Is that Norman Fell behind him in the picture? Who is that creeping behind the... It's sad. It's, it's a 1965 photo bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Barney from... No. Andy Griffin? No, it's no, not. No, it kind of looks like it, but it's not. No. It looks, looks like Arthur Miller. It's <laughs> like Arthur Miller. <laughs> no, you don't remember Dean Jones? <laughs> I don't. Wasn't he in That Darn Cat with he, Yvette Mimeo? He was uh-huh. in That Darn Cat. I love that movie. I, I, didn't oh. I remember him from, he was the bad guy in Beethoven, wasn't he? In the movie Beethoven? No. Oh, I don't think he was in the credits. Yeah, it was yeah, Beethoven. Yeah, I think right. I don't know, but it's this conversation is already. Uh, I've already lost interest. <laughs> so, well, you know, sorry that he's gone, but okay. 
All right, moving He's on. He's 84, though. We just yeah. watched a tribute to Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers passed away a year ago. And I think one of the things that amazed us was people are still mourning over the fact that Joan Rivers is gone. Mm. And you think we were, mo- uh, were you know, mourning a woman who died at 81, but it was because she was so vibrant. Mm-hmm. And it was also because... It wasn't natural causes. Right, right. It, was, yeah. exactly. it was malpractice, apparently. But you think when someone who's 81 passes, you think, well, you know. But I don't know where. I have nowhere to go with this, so I'm just <laughs> going to stop. I miss John too, Kevin. <laughs> old people die every day, and it's sad. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, let's move on okay. to the next story. <laughs> and then there was that. All right, our second news story. Marvel president Kevin Feige now reporting to Disney Studios. I don't think that's how you say that's that. That's not how I say it. Isn't it beige, beige, beige? Feige. Feige. We had a 40-minute conversation yeah. before that. <laughs> Marvel Studios will now be part of the Walt Disney Studios with Marvel president Kevin Feige reporting to chairman <laughs> Alan Horn. Co-president Luis de Esposito will also Lewis. report... What did I say? Louise. <laughs> People have hard names. Louis de Esposito will also report to Horn. Many of the film-related functions will move to Burbank, where the Walt Disney Studios are located. Marvel's TV group, publishing, animation, and other departments will continue to report to Isaac Ike Promudo. Promutter. Promutter. Marvel Entertainment CEO. I'm your I'm your John to English <laughs> translator. People don't know. I'm just giving Kevin a break. That's all. I can. Uh, I can make up all sorts of names and people wouldn't know who I'm talking about. A Disney spokesperson said, quote, Marvel Studios is taking the next logical step in the integration with the Walt Disney Studios, joining Pixar and Lucasfilm in centralizing many of its film-related functions in Burbank with Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige and <laughs> co-president Louis D'Esposito continuing to lead the Marvel Studios team. You're saying this like any of us care. According <laughs> to the Walt Disney Studios chairman, Alan Horn. No, this is a big deal. I'm coming up on the big deal part. Okay, we haven't gotten there yet? Feige, the architect of Marvel's transition from a flailing comic book company into a film powerhouse that was sold to Disney for $4 billion in 2009, is said to have vented his unhappiness to Horn and Disney CEO Bob Iger earlier this summer, which expedited the transition. See? Intrigue at the end there. See through that end? <laughs> I stopped listening a while ago. <laughs> so he got mad? What was he, what was he unhappy about? That he wasn't reporting to Disney? Or, yeah. you know? He did not like Ike. No, he did Apparently. Not. That was sort of, I mean, I know that. Neither did Tina. Yeah. Tina. Okay. And who was Ike again? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. No, either. He was the head of Marvel Perlmutter. Studios before... Marvel Entertainment CEO. I see. I see. And apparently this person would not let him have the creative freedoms that he wanted. So one of the things that he was always arguing about was what he wanted to do with the films. And apparently he showed that he could do a good job. And that's why he said, listen, I don't want to report to Ike You know anymore. this is interesting when you have to explain it? I, I think uh, it's interesting. Ike was the guy who, was, who made Marvel notorious for being tight with the uh, purse strings because he didn't want to pay any of the actors any money, but he wanted them in nine movies. And he caused a lot of the issues... I think Joss Whedon had a similar issue with this guy too. So it was, he's caused a lot of friction in the past, and now Fahey has been like, "Well, I've done all these amazing movies, and you, I'm either leaving or he's leaving. So one of the two. So that guy still runs the TV part of everything, right. but yeah. And along those lines, there were things about how he wanted to shoot scenes mm-hmm. that he was being argued with, and things like that. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, look, Disney has. 
this is a guy they have to keep happy. And what? No? No. Teresa's making eyes at me over there. What? I'm just listening to the conversation. Continue. It's totally intriguing. Okay. Well, this is a lot more interesting than a dead 84 year old. But. Um, just being honest. Okay. Um, there's, you know, look, when, when Disney took over Marvel, it was not. I mean, they had a good idea that it was going to be successful. But until they released a few films and kind of followed the path that they wanted to follow. They weren't sure if this was going to be a success. Now it is. And this guy is a primary architect of that, so it makes sense that they're going to have to keep him happy because there is just, I mean, they, you know, Disney spent $4 billion buying this. Um, you, you got to, you got to keep it, you got to keep him happy. He said he's overseen a slate of films since 2009 that has grossed more than $7 billion. Wow. So I think he's Jeez. earned his worth. Yeah, I would well, say. And it just shows a lot about the uh, state of Disney Studios right now. It, he actually wants to come over and be more a part of this family because uh, they really are. They're hitting a hot streak right now with everything they're doing, and everyone wants to jump on on the bandwagon, and it makes perfect sense. Oh, exactly, so. All right, I'm done with that story. All right, next. Our third and final news story. DreamWorks and Disney may part ways next year. Steven Spielberg's DreamWorks Studios is expected to end its distribution partnership with Disney next August and may sign with Universal instead. DreamWorks and Disney have worked together since 2009 and have two more Spielberg films due out before the partnership ends. Bridge of Spies, starring Tom Hanks, out October 16th, and the BFG out July 1st of Big next year. Friendly Giant, I think, mm-hmm. is what that means. That's Roald Dahl, right? Because the F is for friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the BFG will be branded as a Disney film. Previous films under the agreement have come out under Disney's Touchstone name. A deal with Universal has not been announced, though it is widely expected to take place. Spielberg will retain... Spielberg still retains offices at Universal and produced the recent release Jurassic World. Dreamsworks has Dreamsworks Dreamworks 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 has been talking with other studios at the end at, as the oh my god as the end date for the Disney agreement draws nearer. Spielberg has signed has already signed to direct Ready Player One, a Warner Brothers film due out in late 2017. Uh, you know I. Okay, first of all, had no earthly idea that DreamWorks was in any way involved with Disney. Um, so I, I, you know, I read this and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, DreamWorks. I, I, you know, I don't know what to make of that. The whole idea behind DreamWorks was it was originally uh, Dream DreamWorks SKG, when the S stand for Spielberg, K for Katzenberg, G for Geffen, David Geffen. Um, This was when Jeffrey Katzenberg had his falling out with Michael Eisner, left the company, and said he, you know, because Katzenberg was uh, was basically at the helm for the resurgence of Disney, uh, Walt Disney Animation with The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. So he went, you know, part of his going to DreamWorks was to really ignite their animation division. Spielberg was going to do feature films and Geffen was going to, I guess, dress in women's clothing and <laughs> dance around the studio a lot. I'm not sure what Geffen was there for. Fine. But, um, you know, it just seemed to unravel at some point that, 
you know, the studio wasn't making any money. They're they're animated. They were they had a couple of hits with the animated features, and I know they still release some mm-hmm. like animated direct to video. They have no, a lot I think of those shows too. They have some TV shows at Nickelodeon, and then um, there's like another Kung Fu Pandas coming out in January. Yeah, and like and Penguins of Madagascar and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, their animation's still thriving. It's not on Pixar yeah. level, but it's it's doing very well for DreamWorks standards. Yeah, uh, but it's it never materialized into the powerhouse studio yes. that it was envisioned and proclaimed right. to be when yeah. it, when it started. So you know, this just sounds like. You know, and they're associated with all these different studios for their distribution deals and stuff like this. And you know, I've heard them attached to Warner and Universal and now Disney and uh, all this. So it just seemed they just seem like, you know, DreamWorks seems like it's without a home, uh, and that it just kind of bounces from studio to studio in, in terms of it, and um, not exactly what I think they had in, originally envisioned. Yeah, I, I'm. I would be not be surprised if Universal absorbs dreamworks in the way that like disney absorbed pixar or lucasfilm um you know steven spielberg's original home is universal studios and what i've heard is that by um doing this distribution deal with them they'll also get um be able to access his older library again so if they want to touch jaws or whatever they can now you also also consider that in a lot of ways spielberg at least on the theme parks division uh, he has them by the short, the short and curlies. Uh, his deal with them, French fries. Yes, the short and curly French fries. Um, his deal with them involves, you know, the rights to things like, uh, well, at, did at one point Jaws, Jurassic Park, E.T., and he got in, in order for his creative input into the building of the parks, he gets a cut. Of the ticket, of the gate. And I, re- I don't remember the exact specifics, but I do remember about four, three or four years ago, they were very concerned he was going to pull out of the contract because there was a buyout clause if he chose to pull out that they had to pay him some obscene amount of money. And it was what they had to agree to to get him in the first place. And they were really worried that if he pulled out, that it might mean at that point, this was before Comcast, that it might mean the end of Universal uh, theme parks because that they would go bankrupt having to pay him out because it was billions of dollars, if I remember correctly. And I can have some of these facts wrong. I'm just going off memory here. But, um, you know, Universal has been his home, and he always said that he felt a certain obligation or kinship to Universal because they took a chance on him with Jaws when no other studio would. Yeah, With distribution, though, it's just not as big of a deal. I mean, people are really making a big thing out of it, but DreamWorks is still the one in charge of making these movies for the most part. And while they've had this agreement with Disney for their live-action movies, they've produced a lot of crappy movies. Uh, the best one they made was The Help, but then you had stuff come out like Real Steel, The Fifth Estate, Delivery Man, Need for Speed... It's, they've had a lot of flops with their partnership, and Disney's just distributing it. They're not getting into the creative side of it. That's all DreamWorks. So if he takes these over to Universal and start DreamWorks starts making bad movies that they're distributing, that's that's not good for them either. They just need to flat out make better movies Most right film now. Most companies anyway, I mean, except for the big ones, they all go to other distribution channels anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Shopping like, around. And- when Disney started out, they were getting distributed by small theaters, and then RKO finally picked them up, and now they're at the level they distribute their own movies, but it's 
most like Amblin Entertainment still works with DreamWorks, who then gets distributed by someone else. So I think it's just this big ladder. I think what's the um, what sort of gets people's attention is that Steven Spielberg still has the name in the industry. Oh sure, you know yeah. he's still out there doing incredible things, even though a lot of it's not. You know, his his company may not be tied to some great movies. When Spielberg's attached to it, it's usually a huge deal. Yeah. So. Well, wasn't Spielberg involved in Lost World or this last one? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was executive producer, and yeah. he had he had a lot of input on picking the director. And uh, he, you know, so he he had his hand in this one a lot more, I think, than the other ones. Mm. But you know, I uh, I was reading something the other day about you know the summer has been great for movies. It's up like twelve or thirteen percent over last summer. But that all of the success is coming from two places right now. It's coming from Disney, and it's coming from Universal. And the other studios are pretty much like, you know, Warner and Sony and those guys are out. And it's all based on these big summer tentpole films. I just looked at the movies yesterday where John and I had a kind of quiet day, and I thought, maybe we'll go to the movies. And I looked at the movies, and I didn't recognize a single name. I didn't recognize anything that was playing. Well, it's a September uh, slump. Well, I, I guess it was... Then, usually there's advertising for a movie Right, you yeah. see something on TV that catches your eye. And I thought, I went, I looked at um, Downtown Disney, and I went through the whole list, and there was nothing that I... Lost World, or what is it? Jurassic World, was still playing. And I thought, well, I think that's the only name I recognize. Well, it's... Uh it's, it's, it's been a de- definitely a good year for Universal and Disney in terms of film. And, you know, Disney Disney is the only one that really had a breakout hit, a true hit, that was not part of a, 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 a tentpole or, a, a you know, one of those big, like, superhero films. And that was Inside Out, which has done worldwide about oh, just o- over $700 million worldwide so far. I know it's not as big, but wasn't live-action Cinderella a big hit? It yes, decent. it was. It yeah. was, but not. I mean, not, not that big. But not. You know, it, it's. I, I remember when a hit movie made it made a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, now those are considered flops. You right. know, uh, Tomorrowland did almost two hundred million <laughs> worldwide, but it's considered a massive flop because it's not doing. They 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 look now for these numbers, seven eight hundred million a billion dollars in worldwide in worldwide sales they should be happy because you think about a few years ago when john carter from mars came out and they couldn't even make back the money they spent on the film oh yeah again that's the other thing is they invest they'll invest 200 plus million dollars in a film like that so that's not including the marketing so after the marketing maybe it's 300 million so yeah if they don't make back 500 million dollars on that film it's a it's it's considered a loss and the problem that's happening right now is that you know we were talking about the slate of uh, DreamWork, uh, DreamWorks films that are are not doing well. It seems like anything that is not part of a, a, a serial, uh, part of a, te- a superhero, these big budget, big money, big action films can't uh, you know aren't successful. So Hollywood's going where the money is. That's why everybody was watching Tomorrowland because it was a completely original story. It was not going to be a superhero film. And, you know, two days after it was released, it was pronounced a failure. 
And that bothered me because it was such a good movie. It was such a good movie. But, you know, it's not right now. And, the, and more and more we're going to see studios unwilling to take the, those chances. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the big-budget superhero movies. I think they're great. I think what Disney's doing with Marvel is fantastic. But, you know, there's also a cautionary tale. Warner Brothers, I believe it was, released Fantastic Four. It was Fox, yeah. Or Fox. Yeah. And huge flop. I mean, massive horrifying flop you know it's bad when the director is coming out the day after opening and trashing the film it would have been much better if i'd been allowed to do what i wanted yeah. to do or something to that effect yeah. yeah so but it is it, it makes is me very sad because i'm not a fan i'm not usually a fan of those big budget i tend to like smaller more intimate i like indie films more just interesting little relationship oriented films John loves them, and I go see them, and some of them I've enjoyed. But I, I'm disappointed that things like that don't happen. I think the future of entertainment, as far as I'm concerned, is like what they're doing on Netflix, mm-hmm. where you release an entire series at one shot, and I get to watch it at my speed. I, also I don't have to wait week to week. I also think what you're going to see more and more of, I think we've already started to see it, but what you're going to see more and more of with the studios being unwilling to make these films that are original stories it's not going to stop filmmakers from making them. It's right. just going to go into the independent route. And you're going to see these indie films now, I think. I think there are a lot of indie films that are amazing quality and just really well done. I've seen a lot of indie films that I've loved. And I think we're going to see a resurgence in that. I think because the the, the money's going to dry up, but that creativity still has to go somewhere. Right. And so people are going to figure out how to shoot these films for a lot less money. You're going to find actors that aren't getting the opportunities in big-budget films that they want. So you're going to get bigger names showing up in some of these indie films because, you know, actors are creative, too, and they want they want to practice their craft. Well, like what I was saying, they got Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, who I realize are not huge names now, but they're kind of iconic They're iconic names, names regardless. So, and they did that series, Grace and Frankie, which we love. We can't wait for that. I haven't one. gotten, I only gotten like a couple of episodes and I loved it, but I just didn't. But I think um, we just watched a series on Netflix called Bloodline about a family in the Florida Keys. And it's not something that ever would make it at a movie, but I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It's a real slow burn, but it's great fun. And I think that's where, that's a lot where our entertainment is coming from. Orange is the New Black is another one. Yeah. No, I agree. And now the rumor is that Apple is getting ready to announce Mm -hmm. that they're going to start doing original programming. And tomorrow they're supposed to announce a new Apple TV. And uh, they say that uh, this one could be a game changer for them in terms of that set-top box because they are adding a lot of functionality to it. They're talking about doing their own original programming. But the big thing that everybody's talking about is that they're going to go after the game market. And they think that Sony and X, and this is true, Sony and Xbox are really targeting a certain type of gamer and that the casual gamer that really responded to the Wii when it first came out, people who aren't going to sit down and play Call of Duty, uh, that that market is being underserved. The Wii U has been overall a failure for Nintendo. And... So the market has an opening there, and they are saying, because the the new controller, the new uh, remote for the Apple TV is actually going to double as a motion controller, much like the Wii Wii controller did. 
and that they think it can make a, a compelling game platform and they can open up Apple TV to be an app store of its own that programmers can write for and Apple can take their 30% cut of everything. And of Um, course, uh, uh, Disney has ties with uh, Apple and the Apple Store as well. So that could be interesting moving forward, especially in terms of uh, original content, whether it be uh, films, shows, or games, to see what Disney might come up with. I would like them to make a box that doesn't crash in the middle of my movie. I haven't had that problem. Oh, my God. Well, you have to remember, the last update to Apple TV was 2012. So, you know, even Apple... Um, you, you know it's not a serious product for Apple or it's not a successful product for Apple when it's on their financial reports, it's clumped into other. Yeah. <laughs> where they break out iPhone, iPad, Macs, Mac Pros, things like that, and then everything else. And the Apple Watch, for example, is still in the other category. And uh, so they are really trying... The, what, what I've been hearing is that the announcement that comes tomorrow is going to be about repositioning Apple TV in a much more competitive light. The price is going up from 69 to 169 I believe. I also read they're going to announce a giant iPad. Yes, that's that's the other thing. They're going to announce the next lineup of iPhones. They're going to announce a giant iPad. Just what we need, the giant iPad. It's going to be like, like a laptop. I thought it was, they said it's going to be between to an iPad laptops. and a Mac. So it's, yeah. they st- it really will have a... I mean, I don't think it's a personal thing. I think it's going to be a business application. That's I think it's for old people who can't they're, see they're, No, 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 no. They're going <laughs> after... Like the big letters. <laughs> they're going after this. Um, for those who are listening, I'm holding up a, a Microsoft Surface. And they have to. You know why? Because this new version of the Surface is absolutely incredible. And I love it. And I'm using it. Could that replace a, a laptop? I, it is a laptop yeah. replacement. It is a full-fledged, fully functional... Windows 10 computer hmm. that runs everything, and yet it has the, 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 the form of a, a tablet. It can be used like a tablet. It can be used like a, 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 small de- a, a small laptop. It's very light. It's very portable. It's very cool, and it's very fast. It's cost effective too, right? Isn't isn't it? I think is so. It, yeah, it's the I same mean, level of like. Well, I mean, they, right? I mean, I I don't don't quote me on this, but I believe like there are price points for this that are four ninety nine. Four ninety nine is the cheapest. I think it runs up to like nine ninety nine yeah. for wow. super duper pro yeah. everything involved. The only thing that they have not addressed with the Surface is that it doesn't have cellular capability, so you have to have Wi Fi for a connection. Outside of that, this time they it took them it took them a few iterations. But the current iteration of the Surface 3 is the best one yet. And like I said, I mean, I haven't replaced, it's not going to replace my Macs. I still have my Macs, my MacBook, my iMac. Uh, It's not going to replace that for me at this point. But I really like the machine. So this is what Apple's going into. But we've gone way, way off topic. Well, that does it for Steven Spielberg. <laughs> well, I had to I had to kill some time because right now just it's a kind of a light show. So Do you want to talk about Dean Jones again? Yeah, we can always go back to that. But instead, let's go on to Rapid Fire, and we'll start with John. All right. Uh, Disney Springs' new Pan-Asian cuisine restaurant, Marimoto Asia, will open September 30th. Are we excited? I am. It looks oh, good. Yeah. From what I've heard about Marimoto, it, yeah. yeah. I am chef. He's a big deal. He's a celebrity chef, and he's got a lot of restaurants out there. Today's secret ingredients? Mushrooms. <laughs> or fish eyes. It's either mushrooms or fish eyes. Um, it's going to be a multi-level bar. 
270 feet in length will be as the sculptural bar, and the space will soar 36 feet tall in the air and have a grand dining room and all this really good space. Is that how that's written, or are you paraphrasing? I'm just paraphrasing. Sushi bar. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a sushi bar. Um, Something is going to be hammered out of copper. Not sure what that is. Sushi. And a two-story outdoor space. So there's a lot of information about uh, what the space is going to look like, but I think everyone's anticipation is that the food's going to be really good. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a, it's definitely going to be a signature restaurant. No question People are about talking that. And chat about seventy dollars sushi. I'm sorry. Go to California Grill. Right. Exactly. You need to take a second mortgage for sushi. Exactly. But it's really, from what I understand, I don't eat sushi. But from what I understand, the sushi in California it's Grill sushi, but it's it is good. However, it's thirty dollars. Yeah. So September thirtieth. All right. Line now. Just like the new Star Wars movie. West Side keeps developing more and more. So, all right. Thank you, John. Kevin. Disney has announced a new fireworks cruise that's going to, st- it's going to debut on October 4th. It's going to have two outdoor spaces and hum- hammered copper. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's on the ferry boats, and it's called Fairy Tale Wishes. But fairy is spelled like the ferry that takes you across <laughs> the water. And it's a fireworks cruise. There's going to be decks of laden with delectable sweets, such as the Grand Key Lime Tart, pineapple ups, uh, from the uh, Grand Californian. <laughs> you know, I deal with a lot of Grand Californian questions. Let me alone. Uh, pineapple upside down cake from the Polynesian, spiced flourish chocolate, flourless chocolate cake from the Contemporary, Main Street Mickey Balloon Tarts, fireworks cupcakes with a pop, Cinderella's Sugar Slipper with Orange Financier. No idea what that is. Sounds pretty. And a no sugar added Florida Mango Panna Cotta. (laughs) Phlegm. Really? Uh Uh-oh. Mango flavored phlegm. Um, There will be specialty alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages in souvenir glow glasses. And there will be a Wishes you will see wishes, and the cost is $99 per adult and $69 for 3 to 9, including tax and gratuity. On Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party Nights and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party Nights, the fireworks display will be Happy Hollow Wishes and Holiday Wishes and not Wishes Nighttime Spectacular. It's 100 bucks a person for and this is the fairy. This is, yeah, this is a and giant. You, it's going yeah, to be you and 500 other people. Exactly. <laughs> all trying to get one of them. And, and they're, they're all, all going to be, they're all going to, I mean, they're all going to have to be at a railing. Is this is this ship going to capsize when everybody rushes to <laughs> <Yeah>. one side? <laughs> Who knows if ferry boats are on rails? <laughs> oh, stop. So, all well, right. That's, that's a good point, though. Like, there's, if they're just kind of angled at their normal angle going back and forth, there's very limited good viewing for this. Yeah. They'd have to like kind of veer off course and turn sideways to have... And then still only um, half the people are going to be near the rails. I don't think it can turn sideways. I, I was kidding about the rails, but I believe there's a channel dug in that area of the lake. The Seven Seas Lagoon. That allows it to pass back and well, forth. Well, we're, we're going to huh. see how this... We'll, we'll see how this goes, but... Or everybody's going to have to be on the top deck. Also, can I just say, I mean, the ferry is... I like taking the ferry, but it's kind of smelly. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to eat my dessert and there's on like the ferry that everybody's yeah. been there's traveling three benches. on all day. It's the people that there's are three smelly. There's three benches. <laughs> it, and it's kind of um, I thought it was the ferry. basic. I mean, it's not very... I, I don't want to spend an evening on it. <laughs> yeah, really. It's not like a destination for me. Right. Now we'll see how it goes. 
right. But for a family of four, you're looking at 400 bucks. That's a lot yeah. of dessert. Hire a fireworks cruise. Yeah, you can get a, one of those. How much? Yeah, that's still, but it's all almost 400 dollars, I think. But you put 10 people cruise. on it. Right. And you don't have. To and it's your ten people, not. Right, and you don't have to eat financier. It's my people. Buy a Mickey bar before you go. So, all right. Thank you, Kevin. Teresa. I'm done. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just trying to take it all in. Florida first responders will get free admission to Bush Gardens, Tampa, and SeaWorld Orlando during the month of September. Yay! I know. Yay! Right. We'll be able to pur- first responders will be able to purchase up to four discounted tickets per park for their friends and family priced at fifty dollars per ticket. This is a forty-eight percent savings off the normal ticket price. First responders qualifying for the offer include all Florida fire rescue first responders, Florida emergency medical services, all Florida police and sheriff's office, Florida Highway Patrol, Florida Department of Corrections, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission field officers, Florida Forest Are Service. Are we going to every person too? I'm is almost that the next done. list? Florida Forest Service Forest Rangers, Florida Park Service Law Enforcement Department of Homeland Security (laughs) Law Enforcement Agents, Florida Department of Environmental Protection Law Enforcement. Tickets must be used by September 30th. They need to do this more than just September. I think it it should be year-round, personally. Yeah. Maybe not, but at least a big discount. Give them a big-ass discount if you're not going to do this. Those people do a lot for our community, our country. Right. Yeah. Park Rangers? It's a hard life. I have friends who are park rangers, and their jobs are serious. Leave them alone, Craig. (laughs) All these people are. You have more than one park ranger friend? Well, where I'm from in Louisiana, like wildlife and fishery people are everywhere, and so park rangers too. Because we have. Did you not see the movie with the big gator that Betty White was feeding? Park Rangers. Comparing this to Lake Placid. Are you talking about the proposal? Wow, this show is so off the rails today. It really is. Sorry, I apologize for like I think it's wonderful. I think it's really great. I think, well, I think Disney World and Universal should take a they page out of the book. They should follow suit. They should. Absolutely. End of story. I, I absolutely, all jokes Go aside. Norma Ray. I absolutely, absolutely agree. <laughs> Union. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Teresa. Julie. Mine's about Universal, so sorry, Craig. <laughs> I wouldn't. But, One um, last anyway. news story for you. <laughs> this is more important for people at Disney, though. So. It is. So the one-day two-park ticket and the two-day two-park Universal ticket with round-trip transfers from your Disney area hotel resort to Universal and back, um, their prices went up over the weekend. And this is their second price increase this year for these tickets, just I was kind of shocked that they were already increasing it again. And I was like, oh, gosh, people are going to not be able to afford these anymore. They're starting to get up there. So for an adult, which would be ages 10 and up, um, one day two park with your transfers is 170.67. And then for a child three to nine is 165.66. The two day two park um, for one adult is 242.32 for, um, for the adult. And then it's 232.32. <laughs> for the child three to nine um it does include your round trip transportation and obviously your ticket and it and is a park to a, park ticket right and that's a, a that's round trip transportation from disney resorts yeah or disney area resorts. there's no stops and they will only return you to your resort you can't be returned to disney springs or a different resort you right, have to, to be returned back to right. where you came from and um, uh these are these tickets are so ridiculously popular it's, yes. it's impossible to quantify it well, that's why I see you said two, have, two price increases. This is supply and demand. People love this ticket. Yeah. yeah. So, I get I was more a bit calls though. at the Welcome Center about it this has than anything been, else. It has been brilliant on, me, on many levels. You know, seven years ago, 
people at Disney, Disney fans, people visiting Disney, I don't want to go to Universal. Then Harry Potter opened. Now they want to dip their toe in the water, and that's what this ticket has allowed them to do. Now what's happening is people that have gotten experienced at doing this ticket, when they come back, we're seeing a lot of people do split stays, where they're doing part of their stay at Disney, part of their stay at Universal. This ha- this ticket has been brilliant. They were talking about getting rid of it at one point, and you know, I'm really glad that they didn't. I'm really glad they're keeping it. You know, the price is definitely high, but there's a value in it too, especially I think when you look at the two park or the two day with transfers. Um, and they're not consecutive days. Um, they have to be within a seven day period. So after the first day that you use it, you have to be sure to use that second day within, within six days. days. Yeah. So okay. um, also they're changing the transportation company that they use. It will no longer be mirrors. It's going to be quick transportation. Um, you, the reservation for the transfer has to be made 48 hours in advance instead of 24. And there is no limit, though, now on when you can go. Because with mirrors, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., you could not get a shuttle. Those were hours, I guess, their peak hours for other things. I don't know. Um, but with quick, tra- quick transportation, you can make your reservation at any time. Uh, for, you know, during the day, and then um, you would call. I'm just going to give the phone number because this is all new and different, but it's 1-888-784-2522, and they're open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, um, and you are making the reservation directly with the transportation company. They'll give you a reservation number um, that you will have to show when you're picked up, as well as your e-travel document that you receive from Universal once your package, I mean, oh, your, your tickets are booked. Um to be honest, I think they changed the transportation company because they were getting so many complaints. It was mirrors. It was. Doesn't I mean, me. all the time I had people calling saying that they didn't show up or they were left and wanting their money back. So Universal had been refunding a lot of transportation. Wow. <laughs> because well, of that. They, they, they were using Quick. Um, this for, started on September third. They were using Quick at one point for this. Mm-mm, it was always mirrors. Was it? Mm-hmm. Why did I think it was Quick transportation? I don't know. Yeah. They were using, oh, I think they were using Quick for the land-sea transfers. When you were booking a land-sea package, they were using Quick Transportation for that, I'm pretty sure. But All right, well, thank you, Julie. Dustin. Yes, uh, <coughs> mine's going to be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty rapid. It's a new update on some of the uh, features for the uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party this year. We have a, uh, a brand-new Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom card that will be exclusively uh, given away out at... Um, the uh, not so scary uh, Halloween party. It's Minnie Mouse's costume chaos card, and that will uh, be available at the party. That you must show uh, your party ticket and event wristband to receive this special sorcerer's card. Um, and regular card packs will also be available to pick up at the firehouse during the event. But this is special for the uh, the party itself. Are they so. trading cards? Like what no, are they for? No, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. It's a game. You hold the oh. card up to a... Sorry, uh, I didn't a, know. <laughs> there are certain places around the park where you can hold the card oh. up to a window and then something interactive happens. It's and really everybody cool. wants the party card because that's yeah. the place you can get it. They gave one out last year and they yeah. also had a special you know, magic band and stuff like that. So it's a little something new for a Halloween party. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Great. Uh, Rhino. Um, okay, so the Sci-Fi Dine-In um, is going to start serving breakfast over the holiday season. That's going to be uh, <clears throat> November 1st through January 23rd. Um, it's going to be twenty three ninety nine for adults, twelve ninety nine for children ages three to nine, um, and it includes an appetizer, entree, and a non alcoholic beverage. It looks to me too like they they're using the same uh, menu that they did for the Star Wars 
dining, which is good because I thought all the food was amazing for that. Um, and that's a good price for that menu. Yeah, that's it, a really good price. It, it says it's a It'll puff pastry filled with scrambled eggs, crab, asparagus, yep. Gruyere cheese, uh, roasted tomatoes, grilled beef tenderloin on baby spinach, bacon and cheddar custard on roasted tomato. What kind of cheese? The horseradish potatoes, um, scrambled eggs, sausage, all that fun stuff. Yeah, so it, it looks to me like the same stuff, and it's like what you said. Like I really enjoyed that experience, and I would the food alone was worth just to go back. You know, let alone the Star Wars stuff was cool too, but. So, um, so yeah, that's November 1st through January 23rd. Excellent. Thank you, Rhino. Yeah. Craig. Uh, September uh, Magical Dining Month is back in Orlando this year. Uh, I, I know Kevin talked about it last year, and uh, it really hasn't changed in detail. Basically, there's a huge list of restaurants all around the Orlando area that will be offering a three-course menu uh, prefix three-course menu for $33 a person uh, to give you a little bit of taste of uh, their restaurant and uh, try to get people to try new things at a lower price. And uh, there's stuff around uh, Disney property like Il Molino and uh, Blue Zoo take part in this. And there's a lot downtown and in Winter Park, obviously, and even over at some of the uh, hotels at Universal, some of their restaurants apply for this as well, too. So... Uh, There'll be a link to the website, I'm guessing, in the show notes. I think so. We'll have a full list of all the restaurants. It's a great way to try something new. Exactly, yeah. All right, thank you, Craig. You're welcome. And uh, I realize this is a little short for one of our shows, but we're kind of at the end. Uh, It was a kind of light week. So uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Coming up next, Dustin and the team have their bracket segment, attractions that are so bad they're good. And I will see you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a good week.